get after it on a Monday afternoon. Welcome to the People Show on Sportsnet 650. Bick Nazar here with you. You can always be part of the show as well. Texting in, broadcasting live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Again, you can chime in 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. The smart alternative is at Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. A lot going on. Canucks pick up a couple of wins. Week 12 of the NFL season. Canada out at the World Cup. Sad, sad result. Uh, over the weekend, or sad outcome at least, uh, over the weekend. And it's over. Croatia runs a uh, rough shot over uh, Canada. We should say it's not it's not over. They still they're, have a they're match elimi- against they're, Morocco, they're, but they're eliminated from the yes. knockout stages. Their they're, uh, chances for advancing are over. That's a fair point, though. Well done. I'm still excited for the Morocco match. So am I. Uh, and actually, I do want to get into that in just a little bit here, as far as where where you are at personally, uh, with with how invested you are into the the last match. But look, we, we we saw what happened against Croatia, and going back, I I think you know after the Belgium match, John Herdman does a speech and you know says f Croatia, and you saw the match then thereafter on on the weekend and. It goes poorly. And this idea has come about, it's like, oh, John Herdman's got to act differently. I think there's multiple things kind of afoot here for what Canada is doing at the 2022 World Cup. They show up. Step one was, hey, show you can compete and participate. You're not just here to add to the numbers. They obviously top CONCACAF qualifying, earn their way in a big deal. And then it was, you know, consolidate your qualifying campaign, into a strong showing at the World Cup. And they became World Cup darlings after the first match day. I'm getting texts from fans all over the world. Hey, what are the expectations of the squad? Impressive showing against Belgium. And still, the the expectations, Dom and I, we talked about this a lot. It's like, you don't want to move the goalposts. My expectations were, score a goal, try to get a point. A point, a draw. That was my, if they satisfy that, then it's like, all right, well done. You can come back home. And and still, no matter what happens, very impressive, and, and the nation should feel pride over their performances. But then we saw what happened after Belgium and, and the, the, the speech, and then you see what happens versus Croatia, and suddenly it's like, oh, John Herdman playing all the wrong notes. Stop trying to pin the wrong things on John Herdman for the Croatia result. The idea that John Herdman gave them extra motivation. And I know Kovacic came out and said, like, hey, thanks for saying that. How cheap is your motivation? Honestly. Like, we're talking about Luka Modric. Five-time Champions League winner. World Cup Golden Ball winner. World Cup finalist. Regularly plays in one of the biggest rivalries in all of sports. The Classico, or El Classico. Ballon d'Or winner. This guy's done it all. Do you think a World Cup match where he needs to get a result, he's not focused? Mateo Kovacic, four-time Champions League winner, multiple domestic titles, put in one of the best performances you're ever going to see in a World Cup match? Do you think 
something as simple as John Herdman needed th- that they weren't geeked up for this match, and and I think people are irrationally upset at uh, that message. And it's like, hey, he played all the wrong notes. No, he played a lot of right notes. Now, as far as what he did get wrong, I thought the formation was poor. I like the idea of playing the the Laren David. Davies Buchanan. I like the idea. Could have been structured a little bit better. Here we are talking about structure again. That could have been better. The substitutions, the timing of it, and who you brought on and when you who you brought off, that I thought was a bit of a misstep from John Herdman. This is also a learning experience. This is still building towards something bigger as well come 2026. And here's the thing that I like. They've not changed who they are. They've come in with an aggressive mentality. We're willing to press Belgium. And again, that post-game comment, still aggressive. Going into that match. I would like to see a different formation, but lean into, hey, our four, four of our best players are attacking threats. We need to go get a result in this game, and let's continue to be aggressive. And I think one of the big things is as they continue to be one of the World Cup darlings, even in losing efforts, this is also a advertising opportunity for John Hardiman and Soccer Canada. This is still about building towards 2026. This is going to be a scary squad come that time. Everyone's now getting match experience at the very highest level. And they got a professional lesson against Croatia. Even if John Herbin hit all the right notes, made all the right subs, everyone's playing at maximum capacity, Croatia playing that way, they were going to get a result. That's just the reality. I, I know we'd love to say otherwise, but the way Kovacic and Modric just bossed that game, I just don't know there was a lot Canada was going to be able to do. When, when you got that team, great talent, performing at their best, there just wasn't a lot Canada was going to be able to do. 650, 650, Torgi. Still a, still a stupid comment to tell the media. Tell your team that's okay. The problem is they were just trying to, they were way too unorganized. Learning experience, great showing so far. Sure. Again, should he have said it? Maybe, maybe not. But the idea that Croatia was inspired because of it, I think is so far misguided. Uh, good thoughts coming. We'll get to a few more in just uh, a few minutes, but let's talk to Brendan Batchelor, who joins us now. Batch, how are you? I'm doing well. I uh, just came in from putting up my holiday lights, so got that done in time to come and have a chat with you. Holiday lights already. Uh, I, I, I I see the move. Uh, so so were you like doing the ladder thing and, and, and up on the gutters or, or what? Uh, kinda. Um, I I put some lights around our door frame, so I had to get up on the ladder a little bit just to. But that's like a step. To get to... those. Well, no, I used the ladder. I was up three or four steps on the ladder. Uh, but otherwise, our our setup at our townhouse isn't really good for gutters. So I've got Fair. some going around our front railing and around our door. So I, I was not, for... not an elaborate display list this year. Let's put it that way. I, I was hoping for like a a Clark Griswold image or something like that with with. Brendan Bachelor. Yeah, maybe. Maybe one day. Uh, get like a big inflatable Grinch and put it in my, on my roof or something like that. But I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm working up to that. What's the big centerpiece, or, or, or is it just lights? Uh, lights and a wreath on the door. Let's go. Okay. Uh, 
that was given to me a few years ago, and it's got a couple of snowmen wearing Canuck jerseys on it and says, Happy Holidays. Brilliant. So, there you go. Uh, working it. Uh, Brendan Batchelor joining us, voice of the Vancouver Canucks here on Sportsnet 650. So a couple of W's in a row now to suddenly talk about. Uh, are there elements in their play that you look at and say, hey, this this is the thing that's sustainable, right? Because we talked about this um, after the Seattle and Pittsburgh games and, and even the Anaheim win. It was like 8-5 win, and it's it's nice to get the result, but it's a bit of a chaotic win. What's looked different about this stretch of games versus that one earlier? Well, I you know, there are some things that are similar. You know, their power play is getting it done for them. Uh, I think they've got some timely saves, saves the last few games that they haven't been getting this year, whether it, it was from Martin or Demko last night. But I do think they're starting to play more structured defense where it doesn't feel quite as chaotic in the defensive zone. Now, it's far from perfect still. You look at, um, you know, how that game last night was maybe more uncomfortable than you would have liked it to be uh, with, with them having built a lead. But that said, this is not going to be a perfect defensive team with the personnel they have. So the, the fact that these wins look more reminiscent of the way they won games down the stretch last year, where you know they certainly weren't perfect defensively, but they did enough in their own zone to keep their heads above water and allowed their power play to make a difference and their goaltenders to make a difference. So that to me is the encouraging part is, you know, again, with, with this team and the way the defense defense is constructed, you know, they're, they're never going to look like a powerhouse. They're never going to look like Colorado in the playoffs last year or Vegas when they really get going or, or some of those top teams in the league. But you think that, now that they look a little bit more confident that these are the kind of wins that they might be able to sustain or at least get more of than they have through the first quarter of the year. Yeah, I think it, you know the overall team defense, as, as you mentioned, while it's, it's still far from perfect, and we'd be hard-pressed to see where this team gets to even if it does get perfect, um, but... I, I feel like this is the type of environment where now a goalie can succeed in this environment rather than what we saw 10, 12 games ago. Yeah, and, you know, as much as Demko has received some criticism and, and, you know, fairly so, I think, for some of his struggles early in the year, you know, you also have to think about the environment that he's in and, you know, the opportunity he's being given to have success or lack thereof. And, you know, I think that's a big part of why he's struggled, although certainly he has to be better in the crease as well. But, you know, when it's chaos around you and, and you're not sure – you know, where to expect the danger to come from when it, you know, has the chance of, of coming from anywhere, um, then it's going to be difficult for goaltenders. And you look at some of the cross-seam passes, east-west plays that they were giving up earlier in the year, and it's not reasonable to expect your goaltender to bail you out when you're giving teams grade-A chances on plays across the zone where he's going to have to push either to his left or to his right. So, you know, if, if they can be compact, keep teams to the outside, take away the middle of the ice. It just makes things so much easier for Demko or Martin or whoever's in the crease. And again, they're never going to be a perfect defensive team. They're still going to concede goals. You know, they still, even though they found a way to win the last few games, with the exception of the Vegas game, they're still conceding goals while doing it. Um, but it does feel like a better environment for those goaltenders to succeed. I agree. Yeah, and, and the goals against have come down, I think, about 0.8 as well. So 
it's slightly better, uh, and and the shots against have gone up, but it's also part and parcel because you know score effects and and all that sort of stuff. But the big thing is, it feels like a, a line is starting to emerge, and we've seen them together throughout the course of the year. But it, it feels like they're slowly leveling up, and you know, I was kind of making the post the, the the point on the post game show last night that you know Elias Pettersson's been solid and, and great throughout the season, but as Mikheyev and Kuzmenko start to grow into their familiarity in Vancouver you're really going to see that line start to accelerate and really push to be, you know, honestly, like one of the, the seven best in the league um, was was last night and really the road trip so far kind of the indication that this is going to be special? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've grown together in chemistry. I really like the makeup of that line, and I like the fact that they're having a little bit more two-way impact as well, which we saw on Showcase in the game against Colorado where – Jared Bednar had the last change. Mm-hmm. He was okay having McKinnon go up against Pedersen, and they did pretty well against one of the top lines in the league and a couple of the best players in the league in McKinnon and Rantanen. So, um, you know, th- that was a good sign, I think, early that Bruce Boudreaux will be able to trust those guys. And then you look at the difference they can make offensively. Perfect example in the game last night where it's the, the play by Mikheyev to keep the puck in, and Pedersen scores on the tip from ekman Larson, and then, of course, Kuzmenko gets the overtime winner. You know, all three of those guys have the potential for offense in them, and at least two of those three are responsible defensive players in Mikheyev and Pedersen, and Kuzmenko certainly has room to grow in that department, but it kind of feels like a good environment to work him into some of those situations when you're playing with your best defensive forward in Elias Pedersen and a guy that you know knows how to kill penalties and understands his role defensively in Ilya Mikheyev. So uh, I, I like that that group. I've, I've always liked the potential of it, even back to when they were put together at the start of training camp. And now as we hit the, you know, past the 20-game mark of the season, past the quarter pole of the season, we're starting to see that chemistry begin to build, the confidence begin to build as well, to the point where they could be real game changers and difference makers for this team going forward. Uh, is it fair to also say with Elias Pettersson, because I, you know, I think we can all sit here and say, hey, the primary driver of that line is him, and, and while the other two guys have to come along and, and the, 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 the collection of them are going to be a great line, is it still fair to say that there's still more production to come from Elias Pettersson? Uh, I think there certainly could be. You know, the sky's the limit for this guy with what he can do, and especially with the two-way impact. I think we've seen on this road trip how them being more solid defensively has led to more offensive chances because they spend less time chasing the puck in their own zone. And Pedersen's a big part of that, right? He makes great plays, impactful, game-changing plays at both ends of the ice. And, you know, if he continues to grow that area of his game, then it just means he's going to have the opportunity to create more offense because, you know, he's more than likely to have the puck on his stick or his line to be in possession of the puck when he's out on the ice based on the kind of impact he can have. So it's kind of funny to talk about a guy getting more points by improving defensively, but that's kind of what I see from Pedersen. He's taking his game to another level, but he's rounding it out at both ends of the ice, and that's going to allow him more opportunities for offense going forward. Yeah, and especially like the the, the power play too. And I, I guess that's part of why like that chemistry has been so interesting because it's not as if they play regular minutes on the on the power play together. Like Kuzmenko has spelled on and off because Mikheyev's not even with uh, Pedersen on the power play. So the, the chemistry is really just them generating it all five on five. Yeah, and you know maybe that will will change at some point. You know injuries could mean that Mikheyev gets a chance on the top power play unit, and we know that. 
Mikheyev has been there, and then he was back to the second unit. He was out of the lineup at one point, and um, and now he's back on that top unit is Andre Kuzmenko, with Besser being bumped to the second unit. So, um, you know, that's that's certainly going to help offensive production for those two guys if they're out there on that top unit on a, a nightly basis. And, you know, let's be honest, it's one of the best power plays in the league right now. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't looked at the, the numbers today, but it was second in the NHL going into the game yesterday. So, um, you know, that's an area of the game that, you know, getting back to what we talked about with the Canucks in their own zone, because even if they improve their defensive game, they're still the kind of team that's going to give up chances and goals. That power play becomes extra important for this group to make a difference going down the stretch because the penalty kill has been bad. They're not the best defensive team. So what can make a difference for you? The way you put the puck in the net when you get your chances on the power play. And I don't know if it's reasonable to expect them to sustain the level of success we've seen in recent weeks in terms of not just the power play, but their five-on-five scoring. They're one of the top offensive-producing teams in the league. Um, But for the moment, it's helping them win games, so they're not going to complain about it for sure. Uh, talking to Brendan Batchelor, the voice of the Vancouver Canucks here on Sportsnet 650. Uh, the the first part of the season, or the first half of what we've seen, uh, a lot of focus on you know JT Miller and the effort. These last handful of games, uh, it feels like hey, the physicality is coming back, but just that normal engagement we see from JT Miller and also uh, you know Horvat last night as well against San Jose. Uh, just about their play of, of how they've found ways to contribute outside of just you know their their actual production, which is you know leading the team on its own. Uh, just just how they've looked in, physically engaged as well. Yeah, well, I think one of the criticisms of them earlier in the season and and up until recently has been their lack of two way impact. How they they haven't necessarily been reliable in terms of you know having a positive shot share or or controlling possession at times they've been playing in the defensive zone and with Miller in particular you know that's not the area of the ice that he's going to have the most level of success we've seen him make numerous mistakes managing the puck in his own end Um, that's not to say that he can't get better defensively I know that's something that he's talked about that he wants to do but for the most part you know he, he can at times be a liability in the defensive zone but it feels like they've turned that around a little bit where they are starting to control play a little bit more. And I haven't looked at the advanced numbers from last night or from the road trip as a whole. So, you know, this is just me going off my eye test rather than, you know, looking at some of these numbers, but it does feel like they're a more dominant threat offensively, that they are controlling play more. And, you know, that's needed for a line that is going to be relied upon to play some big minutes and some critical minutes down the stretch, because even if, they want to start using Pedersen in more of a matchup role, and we're going to find out if that's the case tomorrow night when they get back on home ice and Bruce Boudreaux controls those matchups. But even if they do that, Horvat is still far and away the best face-off man on this team, which means that him and his line are going to be out there for a lot of key draws and likely key defensive zone draws. So, you know, those guys have got their offense all year. You look at the production, there's nothing to complain about, but they need to be a line that could be relied upon uh, not just to get their points, but to make sure they're not giving things up in their own end, own end of the ice as well. Uh, speaking of uh, their own end of the ice, uh, it, it, the, the decor right now, uh, what's kind of stunning, and, and I was just kind of having a conversation in, in the bullpen here with, with some of the people, uh, it, it feels like they're, like three of their four best D-men are on the right side. 
uh, right shot D man. <laughs> and look, like, we came into the season with so much concern, and Kyle Burroughs has filled a role. Ethan Bear has come in and filled a role. Luke Shen is, has taken a step in his game at his age, which has been remarkable. This concern that we had coming into the season with the right side of the defense, it's taken a little bit of time to round into form. But right now, I think it's a fair statement to say, hey, three of the four best D-men are, are on the right side. Yeah, although I think that's probably an indictment of two of the guys on the left side, or at least Oliver ekman Larson, and then the rotating cast of characters that sure. played the left side on the third pairing. Um, because when, when you look at overall team building, you know, the right side of the D still needs to improve. But I think Ethan Bear has really come in, and especially over the last few games, is really starting to look comfortable as a Canuck. He's making smart plays at both ends of the ice, has been aggressive, has helped create some offense, but is making good plays in his defensive zone as well. And his ability to make a first pass is something that they didn't really have on that right side, at least not with any consistency prior to his arrival. So, um, you know, early returns on that trade for me are a massive win because you just give up the fifth round pick. And, you know, you have a top four defenseman now in Ethan Bear, at least with the way this blue line's currently constructed. He's there in that top four mix. He's there on merit. And I think he's actually helped Ekman Larson in his overall game, too, with them being paired together of late. Um, that, you know, OEL hasn't been in the focus quite as much in terms of, you know, being a defensive liability or, or really struggling because Bear has been there to help him out. And it seems like they can feed off each other as a pairing. So it's funny how these things work where, you know, the right side of the D has always been the part that's criticized. And, you know, in a long-term team building sense, it does still need to get better. But, you know, the performance from Ethan Bear, I think, has kind of settled things down on that side for the most part. And I'll be honest, I've liked Kyle Burrows playing on the left side as a right shot. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about this lot a lot, whether it's been, you know, on the pregame shows or, or postgame roundtables or whatever it might be, um, that, you know, if if Burroughs, w- or if the lineup was being decided on the back end just based on who's played well, Burroughs would have never come out of the lineup. And playing in that role on the left side, you know, I think he's been quiet the last few games, but that's exactly what I want from my third-pairing defenseman, right? I don't want to be talking about this Kyle Burroughs turnover or that Kyle Burroughs penalty when he got caught out of position and had to hook someone. And he's just come in. He's been solid. I think him and Myers have played pretty well together. So I'm I'm happy to see that he seems to be, you know, solidifying his spot in the lineup because he fully deserves it for the way he's played as opposed to the other guys that have gone in there, whether it be Stillman or Rathbone. Uh, Hey, before we let you go, for the World Cup, has uh, Canada, Canada satisfied your expectations? So Davies gets the goal and had to be him. Uh, have they satisfied what you expected to see? Well, I'm of two minds on this because coming into the tournament, I set my expectations low yeah. and notably low compared to others, um, not just you know people I, I, I talk to in my day-to-day life, but even people on our station. You know, I had a long debate with Dom about this uh, you know, during one of the, the Canuck broadcasts off the air recently, where my take coming in was that Belgium's a European giant, Croatia's a European giant, Morocco is hugely underrated. It's going to be really tough for them to get points out of this group and to ultimately come out of the group, and, and sure enough, they haven't been able mm-hmm. to do so. But then the tournament started, and they played so well against Belgium that suddenly I I had raised expectations for them, where... You know, they should have got a point from that Belgium game. And really, it's on them that they didn't. And, 
you know, part of me says, well, coming into the tournament, I was thinking that, you know, if they get a goal this time around and show well, that would be a positive. But then you look at the missed opportunity against Belgium and you kind of feel like they should have accomplished more. Mm -hmm. And I think if we want to become uh, a real soccer nation, we need to hold our top teams to a higher standard. So coming into the tournament, if you told me they'll play really well against Belgium, get an unfortunate loss, they'll score against Croatia, but lose, and they'll be eliminated from, you know, advancing beyond the group stage after that, I would have said, well, that's about what I expect. But after it's happened, I'm sitting here saying we should expect more from this group and we should expect more from them going forward as well. Batch, uh, thank you very much. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Vic. It's Brendan Batchelor, voice of the Canucks here on Sportsnet 650. I'll pitch that question to you as well. Uh, Canada now gets a result, or sorry, gets a goal at the World Cup. It's official. Uh, Have they satisfied your expectations for this World Cup, even getting into the Morocco match, which is still to come? I will answer that on the other side. Uh, Before we go, though, uh, we've got some things to give away on the People Show this week. Uh, we got $50 match eatery gift cards. If you want to call in right now, 604-280-0650, we'll hand you a $50 gift card to Match Eatery. And this Sunday, myself, Randeep Janda, going to be hanging out at Match Eatery in Public House for Sportsnet 650 Sunday at Cascades Casino in Delta. Uh, we'll be there from 1 to 5 for all the marquee games. Uh, you can stop by, grab yourself a smart speaker, some 650 gear, and also... A pair of tickets to a Canucks game and a pair of tickets to the Seahawks game on December 11th. Uh, Match Eatery and Public House offering the social traditions of a neighborhood pub with the high energy of a sports bar. Located at the new Cascades Casino next to the Massey Tunnel. Back in a minute here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. In on the People Show, coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Big shout out to uh, Trevor, who picked up the Match Eatery gift card. $50. we got more to give away throughout the course of this week. And again, me and me and Randy are going to be at uh, Match Eatery Casino next to the Massey Tunnel on Sunday from 1 to 5 o'clock. Uh, it's the People Show here on Sportsnet 650. Uh, a lot going on uh, this week as well. Friday. From 6 to 10 a.m., you can kick off the holiday season with a loving spoonful and City News 1130 for a delicious breakfast by donation, minimum $5, at the Fountainhead Pub anytime between 6 to 10 a.m. And everyone who has uh, attends has a chance to win a fabulous door prize as well. City News 1130 will be on location. You can drop by, make a holiday donation for a possible opportunity as well to be on air. Uh, all donations will help support a Loving Spoonful programs in the new kitchen. Uh, more details uh, at our events page at citynews.ca. Holiday season upon us. Uh, all right. I asked Batch and... Yes, Chef Swagger texting in. I think you mean Randy Benai. Sorry. Yes, thank you very much, Chef Swagger. Randy Benai will be there on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> so I asked Batch, and I'll ask you again a few reactions coming into, into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, Canada gets a goal, and Alfonso Davies 
had the penalty chance, but, it, you know, star players making star moments. Sidney Crosby scoring the golden goal. Alfonso Davies getting the first goal for Canada. Big players for big moments. Uh, it was fantastic to see a couple of minutes into that match. And, and the swell of pride uh, we all must have felt of that moment of, there it is. They're on the board at the World Cup now. Was that enough for you? Have they satisfied your expectations for the World Cup? Now, coming into this, as Batch said, it would have been very easy to say Belgium, Croatia, probably going to be two losses. But, you know, you fight, you, you have your competitive spirit. And now, and this is why I pose that question of do we change the goalposts after that Belgium match? Because they, they were so uh, great in that match. Now that you've seen a goal, do you look at this and say, that was pretty cool. I, I, I'm, I'm satisfied. I still think they maybe should get a point from uh, Morocco, which is by no means going to be an easy match. But that would be another historic moment for Soccer Canada. Where are you at right now uh, after two matches for Canada at the World Cup? Man, I'm getting roasted. I'm getting texts from friends over that grammar. Terrible. Terrible. Randeep. And I, Randeep and I, yeah, my bad. Are you saying me and Randeep? Me and Randeep, yeah. I didn't want to say anything. It's fine. Other people are doing it for me. I'm getting crushed. It's okay. It's fine. Hey, where did you watch the match on uh, Sunday morning? Uh, at home. Oh, okay. I did the game the night before. That's fair. No, I understand. I was thinking of coming in here to watch it, but it's a long wait to the next game. Yeah, I just had to. Watching in PJs and everything like that, which is not like the iconic moment. Like fifteen years from now, people can be like, "Where were you?" I'll be like, I was "Wearing Seahawks pajamas, man." I was, I was getting ready for the next game as well. Oh, when the World Cups in Qatar, and it's eight AM, yeah, in the middle of a Canuck season. Yeah, it's not as cool. Where were you? I had a watch party. Nice. I had some friends over, mimosas, breakfast food. It was good. Uh, all right, six fifty, six fifty. This one, Brad and Cloverdale, uh, more than satisfied. They acquitted themselves incredibly well, which, look, that's the thing. You're going to feel the pride of, of this performance over the course of three matches. When they come back home or wherever they go, you can say, like, that was great. I'm hoping they get a point. But now that I've seen a goal, it, honestly, I never thought I would see it. I never thought I'd see a, a, a Canada goal at the World Cup. And I can't help but smiling, even though... That their their journey is almost over. My whole thing is I, I, I just can't get over the fact that we had a draw sitting there against Belgium. It's been a week. Right. It's but been a week, and I'm still – That's the I'm difference still... between expectations and, like, processing reality. Because your expectations coming to the World Cup, was it, like, get a draw versus Belgium? My, or, or did you hope they could get a draw versus my Belgium? My hope was find a way out of the group stage. And that just felt like such a lost opportunity. Did and you realistically think that Croatia, could happen? It felt like an even bigger lost opportunity. Did you think getting out of the group was a realistic thing? Yes. Really? Yeah. Look how they dominated CONCACAF. Mm-hmm. This team, like, and nobody wanted to give this team a shot because it's Canada. And then there were the pundits that were like, oh, look out for Canada. They might but I, I don't do think it's because it's Canada. Maybe internationally. Yeah. But I think here locally, it's it's like it's going to be a challenge, like a real challenge. Absolutely. Like getting out of the group is you're 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 splitting these matches 
50-50 and maybe it goes right for you or you're actually winning these matches and and clearly the superior team I think best case scenario was going to be hopefully the luck goes your way but like what we've seen in this tournament but it's really minnows draw or beat Mm -hmm. giants it happens at world cups all the time and I, I think Canada with the strength that they had especially in attacking I was hoping and really expecting a draw and a win. Uh, this one, uh, a terrible World Cup draw for us. Yeah, it, it was tough. I, I think it could have been worse. But I mean, if, was, we're in, tough. if we're in the USA's group, I think we're having a whole different conversation. Sure. Uh, this one, uh, is the media not blowing Herdman's statement out of propor- proportion? I see a coach trying to fire up his team. I'm sure he said a lot more than what he told the media. Yeah, I think that's both. I think he's trying to fire up his team. Again, that's the thing. I think he's being consistent for what he wanted to accomplish in this World Cup. Absolutely. Be aggressive. And also, like, showcase who Canada is. How much is there going to be recruitment for 2026? Is there going to be new players to say, should I try to see if I have Canadian connections and get on the world stage? That that plays a role. It was hard not to wonder about uh, Tomori, though, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Especially like, with oh, our, they really could use a center back. Yeah. <laughs> they really could use a center back. But now it's the inverse. I, I just, I, I think the way John Herdman has played the World Cup on a whole has been a smart move. And on brand, too. Like, why absolutely. are you expecting a guy to go away from how, who he is philosophically? If, if they played, if they played Park the Bus and eked out a point. It would not be. Which would still be becoming. awesome. Again, it would still be like, hey, they got a point. They did yeah. something. But I don't know if we'd feel the same sense of pride. Is they've gone there and stayed themselves, stayed who they are. They didn't decide to play negative and just go and be like, hey, we're happy to be there. We'll just try to do what we can. And we're here to put in 270 minutes of shifts of just heading the ball out and just waiting by our box. They've tried to be inventive and play be creative. Game. Play their game and play to their strengths, get your goal scorers on, and maybe bag a goal. Uh, and they get the one. But the, here's the other thing, Bic. Like, they dominated against Belgium in possession and in opportunities. Mm-hmm. Why on earth would you go away from that if you know it works? Yeah. And again, it, it's more about the formation. Like, I would have liked to see David or Davies maybe in the middle ahead of uh, Atiba sure. and Astakio just to give them a little bit more protect, uh, protection. The way, like, that 4-4-2, 4-2-2-2 lined up, it just felt like a lot of work for Atiba and, like, they got run over. It, it, it was already going to be a lot of work going up against that trio in midfield, and it just made it worse. It was just those two guys having to do with everything. You and I talked about a week yeah. ago saying, hey, do you get the wings to kind of compress everything, make it easier in the middle? And Croatia, just whenever they wanted, got wide, slipped into the middle. Modric was just dancing all over the place, pinging the ball about, and it just caused so much trouble. And before you knew it, like the center backs were all over the place. And like there were warning signs even before the flood of goals happened. And that's the thing I look at and say, maybe the formation was was wrong, and that's the thing I'm willing to critique uh, uh, John Herdman about. But as far as like what he said, not at all. Not By at the all. way, since you brought up Atiba, I just want to say the meme of Atiba and the she's the man tampon up the nose. I haven't seen un- the meme. Unbelievable. I've not seen that. Fantastic. Incredible. Uh, Jazzy, I'm still stuck in the moment of Davies' missed penalty. As harsh as it is, turns out his goal against Croatia doesn't offset that mistake still a cool moment man he scored a goal (laughs) still an amazing moment it was huge uh this one uh 
Krez from Coquitlam. Sorry, boys, but the people... But were people really thinking something was coming out of Croatia? Look at the 2018 against England, 2021 against Scotland, Croatia. Uh, takes the first 15-20 minutes to weigh out how the team plays before understanding how to finish them off. And the midfield of Croatia showed why they're considered to have top, if not the top three midfields in the competition. Yeah, that was the, you know, the point I was making in the first part of the show. I don't know if there was a lot that uh, Canada or Herdman could have done to overcome what that... Uh, wave look like when when Croatia was purring uh that is uh, quite a well-oiled machine of how they can just completely dismantle a team and this was the matchup that I was more worried about than Belgium because it, it's it's the one I wanted to see to start the World Cup too just to get mentally engaged and switched on whereas Belgium was more about physical imposition but they were up to that task this one was it was slick man it was technically proficient like, hats off to Croatia. I just didn't think there was going to be a lot that they could do. Uh, Timbo Slice, uh, if he switches the formation after Croatia scored their first and clearly started dominating, I think we win that game. It's really just more about minimizing the impact. Uh, I, I don't know if they're winning that game, but could he have done other things uh, technically for sure? Uh, is it coincidence? Uh, we're talking more about Herdman's comment than the missed penalty kick. Uh, could have been a calculated statement to, to put the focus off of Davies uh, calling from the caribou. Perhaps. Perhaps. But it's not like people weren't talking about the missed penalty kick. While we're talking about Canada-Croatia, I don't know if you saw this fun fact, but uh, all four Croatia goals yesterday were involved in one way or another by passing through Canadian players' legs. Really? Yeah. Oh. That's a fun fact. Yeah. And as uh, Kras from Kukulam texted, I, I didn't read this part, but uh, Kovic even outplayed Modric, which was, that was, I saw the stat, I don't have it in front of me, but it was 90% passing, five tackles, and a bunch of dribbles, that hasn't happened since 1990 or something like that. It was an, uh, it, look, it was, hats off to Croatia, but that was an unreal performance. Defending but, World Cup finalists. Yeah. They're good. Uh, if Canada gets a draw versus uh, Morocco, are you like, yep, well done. I see a text here, classic Canadian celebrating failure. <laughs> I need a win. You need a win, all right. I need a win. That's okay. my mentality. Uh, all right. 650, 650. Uh, want to get into this, too. We'll get to the people's picks in just a second. But did you see the big hat from Brian oh, Robinson? Who didn't? Honestly. Amazing. It was one of those things I didn't know I needed in my life until as soon as I saw it. It's like, if you want one, I'll hook you up. It's like, yeah, I want Wait, one. He's got the link. I need to get a. Did you click the link? No. Yeah. Oh. There's a whole website you can go and order. So we can go buy big hats? Yeah. Let's do it. We should get 650 ones. Make Whatever. Meme out of it. Advertising space for sale yeah. on, on my big hat. I, again, I did Stream didn't... a show with a big hat on? <laughs> you need even bigger headphones, though. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, these ones are already massive. I, I'm, I'm kind of a dinosaur with the headphones. Now, you see all these shows, and everyone's got the earbuds and something small. It's like, That's oh. just personal preference. It has nothing I to know. do with age. But like all, all these shows, it's all you see them. It's just It's me. It wasn't about me being old. I just mean like a dinosaur. It's like dinosaur. I, I'm extinct in the idea. Like the idea is extinct, not oh, me being extinct. I don't think you are. I mean, you're wearing headphones right now. Yeah. But big hats, man. Sign me up. I, I think, I, like, do you think it, it looks comfortable? I'm sure it is, yeah. So what's the mechanism? There's like a small hat There's inside There's a small them? hat with a giant cardboard hat on top of it. 
Very it cute. looks hilarious. Yeah. It's so fun. It's more ridiculous than the Pharrell hat. Like, that was, like, yeah. the, the most recent one I can think of that Actually, looks that's ridiculous. that's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah. But it looks it looks so funny. Again, if you haven't seen it, uh, Brian Robinson, uh, Washington Commanders running back, uh, throwing out a big hat and just casual. If you ever want to break tension, walk in a room with a big hat on. Immediate tension breaker. Who, if, if someone walks into the 650 lounge here wearing a big hat, like, we're all falling over ourselves. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Who would be the person to wear it? Riccio. We can't always answer these questions with Riccio. Well, it's not Sat. It's see, not Sat, Josh. See, I think if Sat did it, it would be the funniest because it would be the most unexpected. Oh, Josh for wears, sure. Josh wears hats all the time, though. He does, but I don't I don't think he would go out and get a big hat. You know who I could see doing it just for a gag is Thomas Trance. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Or after what we saw from um, Jason Bruff. Uh, they both wear hats Canada all the time. Jacket, yeah. I could see him coming in with a Canada big hat. That'd be sharp. Yeah. Jamie doesn't wear a lot of hats either. Well, in what sense? <laughs> see what I did there? Hey oh. Well done. End of year reviews are coming up, and there you go. Just there you go. <laughs> throw in shade. Uh, all right. Uh, week 12 of the NFL. Let's wrap up the show. Uh, I, I got this tweet from Andy uh, on uh, Twitter. Who gets more starts at QB for the Packers next year? Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love? Uh, Packers get whooped last night. By the way, Mike Mike White. I just we're, want Mike we're White. getting to Mike White in a second. Hold, hang on. Uh, I, so I jokingly said last week, hey, like maybe the Packers and Broncos would trade quarterbacks for next season. The problem with that, uh, just because the situations aren't pleasant right now in Denver and Green Bay right now, Aaron Rodgers, you know, injury, Jordan Love goes in. Um, the problem with that, is here's the financial implications of this. It is a 99 million cap charge. Sorry, a 68 extra million penalty for the Green Bay Packers to get off of the Aaron Rodgers contract next season. It is an $85 million cap charge for the Broncos to get off of the Russell Wilson contract. Aaron Rodgers is going to be starting the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Russell Wilson is going to be the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos next season. It's just a financial reality. And Russ will probably be starting till uh, 2025. That That's the first time they can get any sort of cap savings out of it. Rodgers, maybe they do it by 2024, but it's such a cap penalty. There's, there's no cap savings, so you may as well just run with it unless you're prepared to take on a $68 million charge. And I just don't see it. The dead money is just unbelievable to have to pay out for Russell Wilson. It's $107 million next season, dead money. It's just, it's impossible. Uh, and so it, it just, it's just going to persist that way. So I'll take Aaron Rodgers uh, starting more games than Jordan Love next season. But your boy, Mike White, actually the star of Week 12. Like, real talk, it was kind of a... Well, Garrett Wilson's with, with, yeah. with, with three Thanksgiving games, it took away, you know, Josh Allen, it took away Dak Prescott, it took away Justin Jefferson. But the star of Sunday, I legit think, was Mike White. And this is the thing I've been saying. It's, it's not that I'm anti-Jets. I'm anti-Zach Wilson. And a new quarterback goes in, looks competent, ball flinging about, and yeah, your, your, your guy, first-round pick, Garrett Wilson, uh, looked phenomenal in doing so. Amazing when you have weapons like the Jets have. If you just insert a middle-of-the-road quarterback, it actually looks like a potent offense. But that's why, again, quarterbacks are so important in this league. Yeah. When, you, when, when, when you get mad at my power rankings, it's like, ah, the Vikings should be higher. It's because they have Kirk Cousins. Like, Kirk Cousins can only be so high. 
You can't put Kirk Cousins at number one or the Minnesota Vikings at number one because it's Kirk Cousins. And the reasons why the team like the Jets seldom ever make it into the top ten is because they had Zach Wilson. There's no chance that's a top ten team with Zach Wilson at quarterback. That's fine. But they're not anymore starting Zach Wilson. Uh, so will they find their way into the power ranks? I guess we'll Ooh, see. We'll see. We're doing that on Wednesday now. Yeah, we need to spread things out. Yeah. We should get to the people's picks. We've already got a time. Uh, sure, let's do it. Uh, the people's picks brought to you by Play Now Sports. Every game will feel like the big game when you bet with Play Now Sports brought to you by BCLC. So we're actually on this game for big six at plus two and a half. Uh, I'll stick with this as well for plus two and a half. The other one I am looking at, though, uh, as far as prop bets, Deontay Johnson uh, over 45 and a half, 1.86. Are your odds at playnow.com? That's the people's picks brought to you by Playnow Sports. When you choose to bet on sports at playnow.com, you're playing on the only site whose profits go back to BC. Know your limit. Play within it. A lot more on the way here on Sportsnet 650. Dan Riccio, Satyar Shaw on the way on a Monday edition of Canuck Central. Frank Saravelli, NHL insider from dailyfaceoff.com, will join them as he does every Monday after. Two, count them, two wins for the Vancouver Canucks over the weekend. Part of a uh, streak here, five of six. They'll keep the good vibes coming here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.